The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the ninth and tenth chapters. I'm going to invite you to be seated for the gospel reading because I'm going to stop at different points and just talk about a few things. So as we get into this reading, what we'll see is that Jesus begins it with compassion. That his ministry, it starts in that place, in a place of compassion. He sees people who are harassed and helpless, and he knows that something must be done. He must come near to them. So starting at verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We'll pause there for just a moment. One of the things that I shared at worship last Wednesday is Jesus tells these disciples what to pray for. He says, send out laborers into this harvest. Ask for God to send more people out. And then what we're going to see is Jesus makes them an answer to that prayer. Kind of like we come here every single Sunday and we lift our prayers to God, we talk with God, and then God sends us out to live out those prayers that we just prayed. So here's the sending of the disciples of chapter 10. Then Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. I'm going to pause there for a moment again because the names of these disciples are important. What we know from, a, from scholars is that at least two of them come from huge spectrums, from the huge ends of the political divide of their time. Matthew is somebody who works for the oppressive Roman government, so in a way he supports Rome through his occupation. Simon the Canaanian is a revolutionary that's against the Roman government. So when you look at these two people, they're about as far as you can get across the political divide. And Jesus takes them and forms them into one community. He brings them together to be a part of one work, to love and bless the world, the people around him. And I think this is important for us to think about today, to keep in mind when we think of the huge political divides in our own nation, the possibility of Jesus to work through us and in spite of us to accomplish his life-giving work together. Let's read the rest of the gospel. Verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment. Give without payment. The gospel of the Lord. So we see that the mission starts out just going to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, the people that are similar to them. But we know by the end of the gospel, the mission expands out to all nations. 
that Jesus sends us out to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. And as I already shared, this mission is first and foremost shaped by Jesus' compassion, his awareness that there are people out there who are harassed and helpless, and the same is still true today. And so he says the mission is urgent, that he needs to send out more laborers to do his work. So he sends these disciples with his authority, and they're sent out with some pretty huge jobs to do. They're sent out to cure the sick, to stop people from being demonized, and to be with those that no one else will come near. To be with those no one else will come near. And I wonder how this works in our own lives today. He tells them that they are to proclaim that the kingdom of heaven has come near. That just means to help people experience God's work. God come near to them. But the only way they can share that God has come near is by those disciples going near to those that no one else will go near to. And that becomes the ministry of Jesus, to come close to those that this world leaves out. So that by coming close, by coming near, they can be a sign that God has come near. Now, I also think about the instructions that Jesus gives the disciples. We didn't read them all today, so later on you can go further and read more in that passage. He gives them a power and authority to do his ministry, and he says, I'm sending you out, but then he tells them, take nothing with you. Now, how many of you would like to go on a trip and have to rely on someone else for what you need? Would any of us want to do that? No, when I pack, I like pack this huge suitcase that has every possible problem that could come up. I can help it. I don't have to rely on anybody. How many of you like to be self-sufficient? I would think most of us do. How many of you want to have to rely on other people for what you need? Most of us probably don't. To some extent, maybe. But how many of you would want to have to rely on strangers for your need? Probably not. The disciples sent, are sent out by Jesus, people they don't know. They don't know if they're going to be welcomed or not. And he says, you're going to have to rely on those strangers, on their hospitality. And I think Jesus is super intentional about that. Because what happens to you when you have to rely on someone else and not just yourself? I mean, they're given power and authority. You could imagine what these guys could become like. But instead, Jesus makes them vulnerable. They have to go out and rely on other people because what happens to you? Hopefully what happens to us is it fills us with humility when we can't just rely on ourselves. Hopefully when we have to rely on the hospitality of others, hopefully it fills us with gratitude, with being able to name the gifts of the people around us that do help us and to be filled with gratitude for that. And that's the kind of community Jesus is forming here, a community of mutuality, a community that notices and lifts up and gives thanks for the gifts of one another, a community that knows that they need each other. I think back to several years ago when I was in Pennsylvania, a group of confirmation students, a couple adults and myself, we went to serve at a soup kitchen in downtown Harrisburg. It was for people who were experiencing homelessness, but what I didn't know, it was also for some people who were experiencing addiction and they had a recovery ministry there. Now, before I went, I was like, what is this going to be like? I was a little nervous. And I wondered what it was going to be like for these men that we were going to go serve. It was all men, a whole room full of them. 
And I wondered it would be, what it would be like for them to have eighth and ninth grade students who have more than enough come and serve them their meal. I thought it might be pretty humbling. What turned out happening was amazing. The guys there, some experiencing homelessness, some going through recovery, they were incredibly gracious and welcoming to those eighth and ninth grade students. And those students later shared about their experiences and how much they learned and appreciated the people they met there. People that thought that they were going to help, instead they learned that those people also had a whole lot to give and share with them. And the same was true for me. I ended up sitting down with a gentleman who'd gone through recovery at this shelter. And by this point, he was now studying at the local college so he could get his degree and help people through the same thing that he had been through. I pictured us going and serving and having what they need, but it turned out the opposite was true. As so often happens, we received far more. We discovered that the people there were already gifted. They already had faith and things to share. So like those first disciples long ago, it turns out that what Jesus longs for us is for us to be in faithful community together, to live out this mutuality where we each give, we each receive, and in that we experience God come near. We can experience the compassion of Jesus Christ. Now, in a book that I read several years ago called Next Door As It Is in Heaven, one of the authors, Lance, he tells a story about when he and his wife Sherry moved into their neighborhood. Behind them was a neighbor who kind of, their house was kind of not looking very good, seemed kind of broken down, and their neighbor seemed about as broken down as his house. The neighbors called him crazy and unfriendly. Now, they called him Crazy Dan, and Lance and Sherry were super intentional about being good neighbors, so they went to go get to know, quote, Crazy Dan. And after having meals with him, they agreed that Dan wasn't crazy, and he certainly wasn't unfriendly. He actually was a really wise and fun person. But those descriptions, those stories that people told about him, they kept him separated from the community. Nobody would come near. Well, one day Dan had to move into assisted living, and Lance ran into the couple that started taking care of his yard. And Lance got to know that couple and talked with them, and they shared with Lance that when they first met Dan, they were homeless. They were doing odd jobs for him, and for almost two years, Dan paid the rent on the home for them until they could get back on their feet. Not only was Dan not crazy, but as Lance put it, he had a heart for others, something they never would have discovered had they not come near. The ministry of Jesus was already alive and well and working in Dan's life. It just needed the community to see it and to name it and to affirm it. And so I wonder who is it in our own lives that Jesus is nudging us to come near? Jesus knows our deepest needs and fears and longings, and he promises to meet each of us there. He promises to meet all those who feel harassed or helpless or who are just longing for something more. Jesus meets us with his compassion, with God come near. And at the same time, Jesus nudges us to extend our circles ever wider, to go near and include even more.
With the Holy Spirit's help, might we do just that and more fully be the life-giving community that Jesus sends us out to be. Amen.